this is episode 453 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Monday, April 2nd, 2018. I am your host, Marcus Nez. No fools here. I mean, I'm a bit of a fool, but no fool's day here anymore. I got through fool's day pretty unscathed. I, I did hold myself from making a very uh, bad joke. Because Easter fell on April Fool's Day. And you can just figure out what kind of joke I was going to make. Given that April Fool's Day and Easter were the same day. So I didn't make it. But I just kind of made it right now by saying I didn't make it. Anyway, I don't have all that much to talk about today. Just a lot of movie talk, I guess. Um, I also want to talk about Metropolis Lux Obscura. Which is a game I was playing on Xbox One. I might record a video for it later, a new one, because the other one I just I did not like the way everything came out, and <laughs> my commentary I didn't like, and just the work I had to put into it, and then did put into it, and then completely just deleted it, made me feel like crap. But Metropolis Lux Obscura is a motion comic with a match three element to it, in that you watch these motion comics bits and you occasionally get to interact with them in a choose your own adventure type of way choosing whether or not say you found some drugs do you give them to the drug dealer the kingpin or do you keep them to yourself what effect does that have on the story i don't know but i got two of the four endings and i'm assuming the other two involve me not keeping those drugs i kept them i kept them and the the motion comic side of it is okay and that the art is fine it's very stereotypical comic art but the writing is pretty garbage and there's a lot of titties in the game a lot of bare breasts and some really really hard sharp long nipples who you want to see some nipples metropolis lux obscura is the game for you and i think there's even some vagina in it some good old pussy <laughs> I don't know why I just laugh saying that. I, it feels weird to say pussy. And on this podcast, at least I can say pussy all in one, but to say it here, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. This game is so stupid. The mastery element is also not that great. It, it works like, I'm trying to think of what game. It works in the way that you have your, your row and your columns, and then you're wanting to match three, of course. Obviously. That is all obvious. What am I talking about? But instead of it being, you can only switch between pieces that are right, that are adjacent to each other, that are next to each other. Uh, you can take any piece from a row or a column and move it as much as you want in that row or column to make the match. And I know there are other games that have done this, and I can't think of which one it is because there are so many match three games out there. Um, but. It just involves you fighting another person, and depending on, you know, it could be a cop, it could be a gangster, a drug dealer, whatever, it could be a dog. I fought a dog, and I won. I fought the dog, and the dog lost. He lost. I killed him. I killed that dog real hard. But it involves you matching fists, feet, <laughs> health, if you need health. Uh, your angry faces, which is rage meter, which improves the amount of damage you do with one hit. Um, there are also guns later on, like electric boxes. 
for whatever reason. I think there are toxic bottles and police badges, which do damage to you, and sometimes you have no choice but to match those because those are the only ones available. And it's not all that great. It's very short. You can get a lot of easy achievements if you want that. But I found the match three element to be surprisingly difficult quickly. And, and that I died a few times because there are there are times where you fight multiple opponents. I think the most I fought in a single battle was three. And they all come in with a fresh bill of health. And you don't get that much health. You have to really build up your rage meter and hope for bigger matches. Because the amount of health you get, depending on who you're fighting, if they're... They attack you after one turn or something. They'll just take that damage immediately away from you. And you'll just be in this scenario where you're, you're healing yourself as much as you're eating damage each and every turn. So I didn't really like that. Um, but I, I did end up, you know, after probably the second time or the third, maybe in one case, getting past those fights and beating the game twice. And when you beat the game, you can't skip those cutscenes, which is a bit frustrating. But, uh, the, the, I mean, the story is stupid. The visuals are fine. The mastery element is okay, but I, I wish maybe there was a difficulty option. Or, I don't know, it just it, it feels like a really rushed job. Like, maybe there was somebody who made a motion comment, and there's like, how can we turn this into a video game? Okay. Let's put in this little overworld map, and here's a strip club, here's a bar, where's or whatever. And we'll put in some fights, and it'll last. It'll take you an hour to finish it once, or maybe even quicker than that. I don't even know if it took me an hour to beat it one time. And there's no multiplayer component or anything like that, so there's not much. And I'm not sure how much it costs. If it's like, if it's a five dollar game, go at it. Easy achievements. It's a fine enough thing, and you get some free titties. Not free, you get $5 titties. You, do you want a $5 foot long or a $5 titty? That's up to you. Also, I don't know if it's $5, so this may not even make any sense. But if it's $10, I'd wait for a sale. Um, I, I, was, I was pretty disappointed, uh, if you can't tell. Because I, I love matchery games. I played if, if if my plane of gems of war and the the time I've put into that game doesn't already make that obvious, I am a big fan of gems of war. That's that's what I just said. I'm a big fan of mastery games like Puzzle Quest. I loved Bejewel and all that jazz. So I was excited for a game that mixed motion comics. That I was hoping to have more of a choose your own adventure vibe. I was hoping to get more choices, which isn't the case. Um, so yeah, bit of a, a letdown there. Then other than that, <laughs> I played some more Into the Breach, and I've been loving the hell out of it. I think I finally got over that mark and have made it my most played game on Steam, which is great. And by the time this month is over, I will definitely surpass 100 hours in that game. I'm at, I think, 38 achievements. I've I've gotten two now with the random squad. I still need to get through the game with a random squad without spending reputation which will be interesting and yeah i just adore that game it's it's it, it has never gotten anywhere close to being old for me and i fear the day the moment that potentially happens but right now i'm just going to keep going at it and going after those achievements so i can unlock the secret squad 
which I assume, still assume, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty, pretty, pretty sure it is a Vex squad, which will be exciting to play with. And yeah, I'm, I'm loving it very, very much, and I can't recommend it highly enough. Like I have, I don't know how many episodes so far that I've talked about it and recommended it, but moving on to movies, to films, I keep trying to just use one term, and I'm trying to push myself towards film, but it's hard. It is hard. Speaking of films, I decided for whatever reason to go back and watch a bunch of like geeky, sci-fi, comic-y, whatever series and stuff. Just to see if they're as bad as I remember them being. Or if I dislike them as much as I remember disliking them. So I watched Thor, The Dark World. And in every single case, I did not finish any of them. And I I was like, yep, I really, really do not like Thor, The Dark World. And one of the big reasons is because I think Kat Dennings, Natalie Portman's best friend sidekick in it, is incredibly annoying in it and just drove me nuts and the love shit between thor and natalie portman did not work at all for me i thought it was this lovey-dovey dumb nonsense and it made me immediately think oh this is just like attack of the clones thor the dark world is the attack of the clones of the thor series of the marvel cinematic universe and i was like oh crap natalie portman's in both of them and so I decided to watch episodes one through three. And I was shocked and surprised and amazed to find out that I thought they were worse than I remember them being. Um, Attack of the Clones was probably as bad as I remember it being because I always hated that one the most. But with The Phantom Menace, I was surprised by how annoying Jar Jar Binks was. Whenever I hear people talk about him, how annoying he is, I'm like, oh, God, they're, they're overdoing it. And like, I remember him being annoying, but it wasn't like this awful, 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 awful thing that people make it out to be. And I watched it, and I'm like, nope, this is. Holy crap. I'm really not liking him. This is, this is bad. And I turned it off, I think, right before the races, which is probably one of the few exciting moments of the movie. I'm like, I don't care. I'm done. And then I started watching Attack of the Clones, and I was like, yep, 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 yep. I remember exactly why I hate this movie. Don't need to watch this. And then I put on Return, Revenge of the Sith. And that was probably the most surprising because I remember thinking, well, this one is fine. It's like Return of the Jedi. It's, it's fine. It's perfectly watchable. And I quickly realized that wasn't the case because Hayden Christensen, I don't know if he's a bad actor or just got the worst direction in the world in this series in episodes two and three because i don't remember hating him or thinking he was awful in jumper but in attack of the clone revenge of the sith he has no ability to express any kind of emotion he says how he feels he just whines doesn't show emotion, just doesn't do anything other than talk about how shitty everything is and how 
much no one respects him or this or that. And I was like, nope, 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 nope. So stop watching that. And then I think I watched a few more. I also watched the first Tomb Raider with Angelina Jolie because I remembered it being dumb fun. And that was just dumb. There wasn't anything fun about it, which was disappointing. Because I, I can get enjoyment out of a lot of the early video game movies like Street Fighter and Double Dragon and even Super Mario Brothers. Um, I think Mortal Kombat is genuinely a good movie. Good film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Super Mario Brothers, I think, is just incredibly cool as a... Just in looking at it from a... Okay, well, this this is how you decided to adapt the source material interesting very interesting but yeah a lot of disappointment going around and i also started watching doom and i knew i was gonna hate that and i hated it um but it's crazy when i i watch doom and i'm just like oh there's some really great actors in this you got the rock dwayne johnson rosamund pike and carl urban and i'm like oh they're all great they should make a great thing but they don't so you should just go and watch your dread instead which is an amazing movie film god i suck at this um and then i saw two movies in the theaters in the theater films <laughs> i saw the death of stalin and love not rosie that's a completely different movie love simon and i'll start with the death of stalin it's a farce about the days after the death of Stalin and how everything played out those those few days after and finding out who was going to be in power and all that kind of jazz. And, you know, it's based on facts, which is what makes it even crazier. But it's incredibly funny and ludicrous and wonderful. And it's from the same guy who wrote and directed and created Veep and In the Loop. So if you've seen any of those... If you've seen that movie or watched Veep and you like them, then The Death of Stalin is something you should definitely search out if it is playing anywhere near you. It's in limited release, and I don't think it'll ever get a very wide release. Um, so yeah, if you're in the Chicago area, it's playing at the Logan Theater, Logan Square, which is very near the wonderful comic shop G-Mart Comics. Bluggy, bluggy, bluggy. Uh, so you should definitely check that out if you can and if you can't when it's available on demand or other such places streaming somewhere or i don't know if it'll be at redbox but if you get netflix dvds and blu-rays then you can check it out there and then love simon is interesting i enjoyed it but i have a lot of problems with it because it is a movie ass movie there have been questions as to whether or not a movie like this needs to be made at this point in time and i can see those arguments and i kind of agree with them in that it isn't love simon isn't a romantic comedy or a romance about or, or starring a gay protagonist it is a coming out story and it's about his struggles with when to tell people how to tell people and just being closeted you know in the beginning and all that 
And that's what it's really about. And that's fine. But I can I can see why and and I kind of would have preferred if you know we were just in this day and age where we can just have a rom-com where your lead is gay and that's that. Doesn't need to come out. He's already out and he's just in the world trying to find a partner like any other person, straight, gay, whatever. But, you know, this is a coming-of-age story, but a coming-out story instead. It's that uh, take on it. And some of my problems with the movie is that it is it is very nice to this situation. Because even though society ha- has become much more open to uh, homosexualities, uh, the LGBTQ community and all that, it's still not completely there. And I think part of how they get away from this is that they live in a fucking fancy-ass place. I mean, it's like a Wilmette or some kind of rich people, fancy-schmancy neighborhood and all that jazz. But for Simon... Other than dealing with this piece of shit student who blackmails him and makes him do some awful things in order to keep his secret so that he can be the one who uh, comes out at his own, you know, when he wants to and all that. Which, of course, that doesn't happen. You see that in the trailer that it gets out. Um, Everyone is super great and accepting. He's got the perfect family life. And there's no even hint of them not you know being a little like oh we don't accept you or anything they all it's all fine it's all fine and dandy the school after the first day when he comes back because his his secret is and these are spoilers of course his secret is revealed on this verge this kind of social network thing they have or whatever and when he comes back the first day of school everyone's just kind of looking at him but not really doing anything except for these two kids who get up on top of a, a lunch table and start mimicking him and this other gay student who has been out since he was 16. But those are the only two kids who do anything because the school has perfectly fine, nice kids except for these two bullies who are just dumb pieces of shit and bullies to be bullies. So there's an example of bullies. And they're not even the most malicious bullies. They pick on the the one for the majority of the film token gay kid, but in a light and funny teasy way and the gay kid teases him back and it's all like, ha ha. They try to make fun of him, but he always gets him back with a better joke or whatever. And you know, they get in trouble for that. And then they apologize. And then it's like, whatever. <laughs> um, but after that, Simon puts out a post on the social network about how, you know, yeah, this is true. I am gay, and also I'm in love with this other person, and I want to find them. I'm going to do this. And then suddenly the entire school was just yay, yay, rooting for the gay kid. Everyone's behind him. They're, they want him to find love and blah, blah, blah. And it's all just so perfect, and I know it's a movie, it's a film, and they want it to be a happy-as-possible type of thing. But that kind of annoys me in that, in that case. Um and then they play around with uh, Simon and his perspective and who he thinks the other 
gay student, closeted student is at the school. And, you know, when he thinks of someone else, he starts reading their emails in their voice and you hear it in their voice. And one of the kid, the kid who works at the Waffle House looks like he's 30, um, which is great for, I mean, that's something you expect in a lot of high school things or whatever. Um, but then uh, at the end, they reveal who the other kid is. I knew who it was. It was it was pretty obvious. But and I guess it's because of the neighborhood and that he is of a mixed race and I'm assuming his father is white because he's Jewish. Uh but the the other kid is black. And yeah, it's all fine. They don't show any struggles for him and it's because I think it's a mostly it seemed like maybe I don't know if it was a mostly white neighborhood or if the, the school was mostly white or whatever, but I know that in the black community especially like being a man and gay that that's still much more problematic than if you were say white like simon but maybe if you're in like a fancy schmancy neighborhood where you're probably dealing with mostly white people not a huge problem so it's it's a very safe movie and i i wasn't expecting it to really try and do something uh, significant or you know anything like that um but i kind of i'm i guess i kind of wish it, it did a few things it tried to hit a few things harder but it's just it's very very safe like i said it's a movie ass movie uh very hollywoody or whatever and that's fine i enjoyed it i think one of the most the one of the strongest scenes in the entire movie is maybe 30 seconds long where Simon is talking about how it's ridiculous that being gay you have to come out and it's this whole event and if you're straight you don't have to do any of this and then it shows you what it would be like if straight kids had to come out to their parents and tell them that they're straight that they like the same sex I mean that they like the opposite sex and how they would react if you know reacting in the way a lot of parents react um, if their if their kids are gay uh, though Simon's parents don't act that react that way because he's got the perfect family. Um, I thought that was a pretty good scene because it is ridiculous. It's like what, why react it in such a way? Why do you have to come? Out? Like it's it's not a huge defining characteristic of who you are. It's just you like those of the same sex instead of the opposite sex. Who really gives a shit? What does it matter to anyone other than yourself? It doesn't. That's 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 the reality. So yeah, um, Love Simon was pretty good. I, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. If you're if you're expecting something that is powerful and moving, and will I don't know, it's not that. Um, but you know, maybe it'll it'll get people thinking or studios open to doing something more interesting with gay protagonists and, and leading characters. Another funny thing about seeing that is that I didn't end up having to see any coming attractions because the projector or something was busted and what we got instead was 10 minutes of the Chevrolet logo flashing like every 10 seconds and just playing music and it was really annoying but then we didn't get to where we didn't have to watch trailers which was great. So I would take 10 minutes of flashing Chevrolet over attractions any day. 
because I, I went into the death of Stalin without seeing any trailers for it or knowing all that much about it except for who it was from and the base basic premise of it and I ended up really really liking it and being happy that I didn't know anything that I was going to see any scene or any joke or what have you so yeah I think that's a good place to end it um once again I'm your host Marcus Nez y'all can find me on Twitter Instagram Xbox Live my Animalist, Steam and all the usual places at PX Sausage on PSN I'm the Kush 3 the site is of course pixelatedsausage.com where you can find this podcast the pixelated paranormal podcast which are both available on podcast services around the world like Apple Podcasts and Google Play Store and Stitcher Radio. And you can also find the art I do on the site or by going over to pxsart.com and checking it out there. And if you'd like to support the site in general and everything we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and chip in a buck or two that away. And uh, yeah, that will do it. So you know, you know what's coming. Bye! Bye!